around, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. Yoshi under pressure again. There's another pitch. Predators get by this one. Arvidsson streaks to the net. He scores! Saturday, January 29th, 2022. It's the official Scotty's Tournament of Hearts podcast live from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Uh, I'm your host who has never played a single game of curling in his life, uh, James Cole. Uh, I'm Bruce Pataglia from the High Button. Um, I will not be covering the whole Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. Yeah, you have to dip out after what the... The opening round? You, you, uh, I'll the, watch this weekend, round. and then uh, I don't know how much time I'll have after uh, after Monday. But yeah, we have a uh, returning guest today joining us once again from the safety and comfort of his own living room. Uh, John chose John. <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the List Up Podcast. Thanks for, I feel um, I'm underqualified if this is the Scotty's podcast. I think Mike Wern would have been the better. Choice or someone well, you're who probably curls. The most, you're probably the most yeah. qualified out of the three of us. So nice. All right. that sounds good. You, you you probably watch more curling than Mike. No, I, I I'll probably watch most of the Scotties. I don't know how much you watches, but Perfect. I've never we'll thrown touch, a rock before. We'll so. we'll touch base uh, before the final uh, matchup. You know, get your analysis. Sure. No, but uh, seriously, John, uh, good, good to have you back. It's. Uh, it's been, uh, I don't know, what, we had that uh, the big Olympic uh, bonus episode we did last time. So for, for main episodes, uh, it's probably been a while now. It has been a while. No, you know, gas, know station, something... gas station boner pills. I think. No, you want to know something crazy? And I don't know if, if we're living in like a simulation here or something on this one. John was on an episode like a month and a half ago. Do you oh, guys remember that's doing right. that? Oh, yes, that's right. Because I don't yes. remember doing it. Uh, and I was yeah. looking at the at the spreadsheet where I keep all the records of the episodes, and it's like guest John Chosick. And I'm like, oh, I must have fucked up that. And then I went back and listened to the episode, and know that he's clearly on the audio. Like, he's he's there. Uh, I don't yeah, remember it, doing that, it, though. But it's It was when you guys were both wrong about Jason Spezza and Neil Pionk. It was that episode. I remember talking about it. I don't, don't remember you being there. Uh, I was so heated with James's opinion, probably, that I didn't even notice your good takes. Probably. Yeah. My bad takes. That must be as good takes. Huh. Right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, John. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you in another six months. Right, get the hell out of here. Um, so, John, you um, are, do you have COVID or what's going on there? A uh, little bit of a sore throat and a headache still. I, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. I think everyone's going to get COVID. I don't know. You know, this yeah. is great. We can cultivate COVID live as it happens on the podcast. Yeah. 
you know, just give us your, your feelings every, every 20 minutes. Just yeah, tell us if your say. symptoms change. Yeah. Great. Every, every 20 I had a test. I would do it for you on the show, but I don't have a test. Wow. Me, so. The first wow. live rapid test in the history of laced up a hockey podcast. Well, it's coming. It just won't be this week, I guess. <laughs> it's coming. It's going to happen one way or yeah, another. That's, that's must hear entertainment right there yeah we might need to uh, see tv we gotta we gotta come up with a fun little podcast version of ctv yeah i gotta get that video feed going that i've been teasing for three and a half years gentlemen real quick off the top here uh clark gillies passed away yeah yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a blow yeah he was he seemed like he was a pretty big part of the islanders dynasty and seemed like fans took it pretty hard you know he was you know, if you grew up in that era, obviously before my time, before our time, but you know, he seemed like he was an integral part of that team. So, you know, way too young to go. And sad, was sad to hear about. I think the uh, the the young part is is the big problem. Uh, yeah, not the big problem. <laughs> uh, but like, it, it's it's why it's kind of shocking, right? Like you you expect over time that uh, you know we we don't have any superstars of the '40s left anymore, right? But for a guy to, to go that early and, and uh, I think there's a shock factor that came along with, with his passing. Um, obviously he's got, he's got family that, that are still involved in the sport, you know, uh, Jason Bourne, uh, his son-in-law and uh, yeah, it's uh, so it's, it's a big loss. Justin Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think he's related to Jason, Jason Bourne, Bourne but... of the Bourne supremacy. I uh, don't think is related to Clark Gillies. I don't remember them mentioning that in that particular Matt Damon picture, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I was gonna say something. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I I almost didn't catch it. I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, yeah, J- and Justin Bourne. Wait, wait, there is no Jason Bourne. Not in hockey. No. Well, yes, not not in reality very... either. But that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> aside from me not knowing the members of the Bourne family. Um, or the films, for that matter. Uh, very sad, and uh, yeah, he will be missed, of course. John, you wanted to talk about this uh, before we started uh, recording. You were you were all fired up. Uh, you got some you got some hot takes. I'm assuming. Uh, Aaron Dell rings a bell, and uh, he's going to lose uh, three games this season to suspension. And uh, it sounds like Drake Batherson's going to miss uh, a lot longer. Yeah, I, I don't think three games was enough. I don't know. Um, wow. Coming from a goalie, I, think too, the, I like it. Well, they, you know, I mean, I think the league protects goalies. And, and at, you know, in return, players, you know, players don't think of hitting them. And, and Drake Batherson was obviously not expecting that. And I, that might have made it worse. You know, he, um, he's just trying to go around the net. I don't think he was... You know, I don't obviously wasn't expecting that, but um, when you're protected, when the league protects you and your teammates try to protect you and, and you go and do something like that, I don't know. It's, I mean, he's out, he's gonna be out for a few months and that's, that's bad, but it probably could have been a lot worse. And 
you know, hopefully Batherson gets back this season. Um, and he's a backup goalie anyway, so I don't know how many of those three games he would have played to begin with. Yeah. My, um, I mean, my, the money obviously will be lost, but. My take was that uh, the league should make him have to play uh, every single game for the next five years that the Sabres have against, like, the yeah. Leafs, the Lightning, uh, the Avalanche, uh, maybe the Wild, and just really throw him into the ringer. Like, that's my take, is he should have to play. Uh, well, even well, even once there, he's eh? bad enough to be out of the league, he should have to play. First goaltender suspension in about uh, 15 years, I believe. You just you don't see this very often, the, the league coming down on goaltenders. Yeah, no. Noodles, no longer the most recent uh, guy they threw the hammer at. I like that. Was it Noodles? I thought, I thought it was, it was Ray, Ray Emery. Emery. Yeah. People, well, people were saying they thought it was Noodles, uh, but maybe it's not. I, I don't know. I kind of wish it was Noodles, so that way uh, Aaron Dell would follow suit and just retire. Yeah, and he's done. He did that. Was it this season? He did it to Mark Stone. Like he's uh, he's done that before. Ago. It was a couple years but, ago now, but I mean, this is like the fifth or sixth thing that Aaron Dell's done uh, of just like I don't know, being a loser. I guess. Yeah. The it it should have been longer. It was a dangerous play. Um, I don't. I don't really agree with everyone saying he should get you know run or whatever. That's not the way to solve it. And I don't know that the rule should be changed so that players can hit goalies either. I don't know that's the way to solve it. Doesn't happen often enough, but you know, Arundel doing it twice. I don't know if he's gotten the message. We'll see. Uh, we should go back to hitting goalies. There was nothing more satisfying than watching Darcy Tucker absolutely hammer Dominic Hasek from behind one night, and then like the ensuing line brawl that to this day I still cannot find video evidence of, but I watched it happen. Uh, it was awesome, and then. And then there was a lockout, and then uh, there were trapezoids, which was a shame. <laughs> uh, yeah, the trapezoids should go too, but yeah. yeah. Well, and, and see now that's that's interesting conversation because if if the trapezoids weren't there, would Aaron Dell have just gone and gotten that puck and ring it around the boards and go back to his crease? You know, like I, I understand that the idea behind the trapezoid is, uh, is such to help foster offense but does it perhaps also at the same time foster these types of incidences when you've got guys going at a high speed behind the net and a goaltender trying to go behind the net and i mean i I think it's actually kind of miraculous that this doesn't happen more often one way or the other well you see you see like near misses you know where you think oh my god it was close or whatever but um i don't know like they'll very clearly stuck his arm out or whatever for sure you know, it's, I don't know why he did it. I don't know if he thought he was going to get away with that. I mean, it's an interference, right? Um, yeah, I don't know if he, he stopped the puck for his D-man and then he focused on Batherson. So I don't know why he didn't play it around. He probably had time. Um, I don't, I, who knows what was going through his head. It was, it was a stupid play. Three games not enough, in my opinion. But. Um, and, and John, you, you, uh, you're a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. That's that's pretty well documented, I believe, around these parts. Um, we, I, I had, I, I had to change it up because I think this would have been week four in a row of opening the episode with Edmonton Oilers talk. So, had to get Aaron Dell in there first. But uh, boy, it has not been a, a fun few weeks. Um, 
before I get to where we all know uh, where I'm, I'm heading, just in in two sentences, what's what's the last month or so been like as a fan watching this team? Because I, I think I think us we can we can take a step back and look at them as guys that know the sport, don't really give a crap about the team, respect the fact that they have some otherworldly talent. And, and kind of leave it at that. But for for an actual fan paying attention, just trying to support what's going on, uh, how's, how, how's that been? You want to talk about it, buddy? I, I think if you've been paying attention since, you know, the offseason, I don't think that it should be surprising. I mean, the moves they made, I mean, the Zach Hyman one was good. He's a good player. But the Duncan Keith, pretty inexplicable to, to, to him on at full salary and give up what they did. Um, relying on a 40-year-old goaltender and a goaltender that really hasn't, you know, ever had a full, you know, load in the NHL. I, I don't know. The, the goaltending is the main issue. It's not the only issue. It's the main issue. Um, I know, I'm sure Ken Holland is out there looking. Uh, are are you that, sure, though? Are, are well, you sure? I think Elliot reported that they were looking into Martin Jones, and I don't know why they would be looking into Martin Jones. You know, he's probably asked about every single goaltender. I mean, Alex Salok should be. Game I know ready why soon. they're looking into Martin Jones. Oh. Martin Jones has Edmonton written all over him. He uh, it was the I'm, quintessential yeah. Edmonton Oilers stopgap. Uh, that's why. I, I I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how Ken Holland thought this would go any differently. I mean, the first the start yeah. of the season was awesome. Their power play was clicking, and and they were getting you know somewhat secondary scoring. And the goaltending was okay, um, but it just – it was never going to last the whole season. I mean, and missing the playoffs, I don't know if – like, what do you do if they miss the playoffs? Like, that is – you know, there's all those talks about, you know, McDavid maybe asking out if they do and all that, but I don't know. I don't know how you can waste another year of McDavid and Drysaddle in their prime because you're – because of goaltending. I don't get it. I don't get it. Is, is there a move that you could see making sense to resolve the goaltending issues this year, realistically? It, it seems like there would be options. I don't know if they're they're much better than what they have now. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to do in the middle of the season without getting completely fleeced because all you know every other GM knows they're desperate. I don't know if like a, a person like Varlamov would be available. I mean, I'm sure they can get Corpusalo from the Blue Jackets. I don't know if that makes it better. I don't know. They got Staylock coming back. Hopefully soon, maybe they give him a try. He had not too bad last time he was in Minnesota. I, I don't know what you do. I don't. I mean, Flurry would be the the best option. I, I think I, if they can make the cap work, if he's willing to go there, you need you need to save. Well, they, and Kostin has been good this week. He's he's played well this week. <laughs> yeah, this you week. Know? <laughs> Does that continue next week? And who, who knows? But. Yeah. It, it, they're wasting they're wasting the prime of those two players. I and Ken Holland. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how Ken Holland keeps his job if they miss the playoffs because it it's it should it's a fireable offense. It should be, but I don't know. What's more surprising, uh, Brutes, at this point is it is it that uh, the MS Oilers have stuck with Koskinen and Smith thus far, or that uh, the coach hasn't been fired yet? Uh, well, neither is surprising when you look at the general manager for me. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Is, um, you know, Ken Holland is, 
for whatever reason has this affinity for Mike Smith and um, you know, I mean, I understand the Koskinen situation's a little unique in the sense that he's got a, a big cap hit and really uh, has never done a thing to earn that money. So there's no real redeemability of being like, well, you know, we'll trade for Koskinen because maybe he'll come back to what he used to be. Well, he's always been this. He was this when he signed that contract extension because he got that contract 20 games into his NHL career. And here we are. And then, you know, the coach thing is not surprising because Ken Holland's never fired a coach. So he, when is he like, why is he going to start that now? Um, you know, I don't really think either surprising for me. And that's, and that's kind of the whole issue with the team is, you know, you, you want to talk about, uh, being surprised. Well, like what did Ken Holland think was going to happen or what did Dave Tippett think was going to happen? I mean, this, this starts with Daryl Cates and it goes all the way down. Like this starts at the absolute top for me and to analyze anything below, you know, the, the head of the organization, the owner of the organization for me is futile because that's what this all stems from for me. I mean that when they signed Koskinen, like Chirelli signed Koskinen, Koskinen and a day later he got fired. Like, I don't know how as an organization you've let Chirelli sign that contract. And if you know, you're going to fire him, I don't get it. I don't know how it happened. Who I don't know if Chirelli just did it. And without them knowing, I'm not sure what, how it worked. But that, I mean, that contract, that has handcuffed them since they signed it. it uh, again, it's three years or whatever it was of McDavid and Dreisaitl that you're screwing around with for a goal. I mean, he hasn't been terrible. He's not worth the money. He's not worth the term. But I don't know. John, yes or no? Uh, McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl in the opening night lineup for uh, next season. I, I, I think so. I, I don't know. I think the... I think, you know, I know a couple of reporters have reported that he may ask out or whatever. You know, I don't think he'll do that. Um, I think they'll both be there for a long time. I think I think the 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 organization would clean house before they traded him. I don't know. You'd hope so. Um, I mean, unless he demands a trade and sits out, I, yeah. I would think he's there opening night. Uh, but I mean, how much house cleaning is it really going to take for McDavid to be convinced? And, and this is just a hypothetical because I don't know what, what he's thinking, but like yeah. th- this would be this would be management group number three for McDavid at least it might be four like did sure like Shirelli was after he was drafted wasn't he um but regard regardless like this this yeah. would be the second house cleaning in three to four years and I mean yeah. you know it, it's not like they fired every single person but I don't think they're ever gonna do that either you know like I don't really know that uh, that this ownership group is willing to do what it takes to make this team, you know, seriously trying to contend in this era. And, and if, you know, it's gotten this far with McDavid, like, I don't really know that that's going to change for, you know, the way that they're doing things. I, I think this team's sort of stuck in whatever sort of notion they have of being untouchable and, and, invincible in this in this age and they're just going to keep running with that with or without McDavid honestly yeah yeah it's tough I mean it it could have a decent offseason right like I think I mean this is Koskins last year so that's four and a half mil you know you got you know I think Chris Russell's up 
but you still have Duncan Keith for another year. And well, and that's, that's the whole thing too, right? Like, like they've had the do? opportunity to spend money before and look what they spend it on. Like, mm-hmm. well, like what, what, what good does more money do? It, it does them harm arguably like the, the type of players that P, that Peter Holland, that Ken Holland seems to, to value are not in line with the thinking of most of the front offices in the national hockey league, the, the successful ones. I mean, this is a team that I, I, I'd be very scared if McDavid or Dreisaitl missed significant time at this point, because I don't really know what's holding them together even close to 500 other than those two and some scotch tape. Like it, it's, it's, uh, it's depressing. I mean, that, that is, that is the word it's depressing. I, it's, I don't know. And I feel bad for McDavid and Drysaddle because I mean, they're in it every day. They're, yeah. they're, I mean, Drysaddle's bringing his value. McDavid's bringing his value. Um, they both arguably could be making more money. Oh, yeah. Drat for but sure. Drat makes $8.5 million. Is, yeah. Drat makes instead eight and a half instead, million. And, he, yeah. and he's got 59 points, 39 games. And, and they have the right to call him pissy. Like, holy man. And instead of having, you know, instead they're putting money towards some Keith at full five million or whatever it is, and Koskinen at four and a half. I mean, that's ten million bucks right there. Yeah. You no, know, like I don't know. I and I, I don't know that one when they brought in Ken Holland. I don't think that is surprising. He he kind of did the same in Detroit. You know, he, he was gifted stars in Detroit, and he kept adding pieces that probably weren't. You know, at the end there when they were trying to extend that streak or whatever they were doing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you take Duncan Keith at full price and give up what they did. I don't get that. That that I don't get it. It rocks. Yeah, it does rock. <laughs> it's you know what? Like I, the one thing I'll say because you touched on it too, John is, um, you know, like I don't think McDavid wants to ask out or anything necessarily. Like I like I think that no. I think the only thing that's stopping him is him not wanting to be the guy that get me the fuck out of here. Like, I, I, I don't think he wants to do that, but I think he's smart enough to know that like this situation's fucked. Like he, he is in a, uh, in a horrible situation there where, um, if it was someone maybe not as good at his, as him, they would probably ask out right now. And I think the only thing stopping him is him having the biggest spotlight of any player in the league. Uh, like, you know, because he's the face and everything. I think that's the only thing that's going to stop him, honestly, because uh, I don't know in in whose right mind you would honestly want to fucking stay there right now. Uh, and yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if if Drad asks out at all. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I, I mean, obviously, I have no clue what they're thinking. I To me, I think the only place McDavid would want to go is Toronto and that doesn't work right now, right? Like, I don't well, I don't know that. But, I don't know. What but he, anywhere, what he, you know, well, yeah, but I don't know. Would you, would you want to leave Edmonton to go to, you know, Columbus or wherever? I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think there's probably a select few teams that he would actually ask out to go to. And I, I mean, the Leafs obviously being the big one, cause that's where he's from. How, and that how, like, wouldn't work. How many teams in, in all honesty, just hypothetical, you're like, like James, John, you guys are Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. What like how many teams would you absolutely say I don't want to get traded to because I'm in a worse situation or because you don't want to go to that organization? Like honestly, how many do you think there are? 
Because for me, I think there's only four. Oh, I I think it's double digits. You think so? <laughs> it it like, depends how you frame the, the question. question. Yeah. Like, if I'm Connor McDavid and all of my shit is in Edmonton, <clears throat> there's maybe a half dozen teams I would go to. And of those teams, how many can afford me? Maybe one. You you hate moving just as much as the rest of the NHL, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't know yeah, his I mindset. Moved, I haven't moved in a long time. So <laughs> it's easy for me to say that moving's this easy thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. but the NHL players aren't actually moving their shit. They're hiring people to do I that. know. Like, they <laughs> but they got to unpack the boxes, John. That's the problem. They got to go through the boxes, figure out which one they put the DVDs in, which one's got the bathroom stuff, you yeah. know? The girlfriend's my from Edmonton. You know, she's got, she's got mama... In Edmonton. So Edmonton? In Edmonton. I, I'm just I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I honestly I think yeah. You gotta remember if you're Connor McDavid and you're unpacking all these boxes, every single knickknack, appliance, everything you own is black and white. So it's hard for you to open a box and tell what's in there. You gotta unpack it because everything goes with that black and white household. You know? Yeah, I mean maybe they have his color paint. Maybe they have colored paint where he gets treated to. Who knows? He know. probably wouldn't need a heated driveway in Dallas. Just saying, probably didn't need one. There. I, I think I, I think the teams he would go to is like one or two, honestly. Really? You see guys like Crosby, Crosby, Ovechkin. I I don't know. Maybe he wants to be that guy that stays in one place his whole career. I go anywhere. Or maybe he wants to be that guy that plays for his hometown team. I don't know. I don't want like, to go to. I don't want to go to Ottawa because of Eugene Melnick. Well, I, hang on, hang on. Let let's let's run down it. Let's run down Anaheim. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Arizona, not a chance in hell. No, I don't um, see him leaving Canada either. Like the money he makes in Canada is probably, you know, like what sponsorship deals is he going to get in Anaheim? Yeah, you know? I mean, well, it's if, like okay, it's he LA. probably wants to be in Canada or somewhere close to Canada. I don't. I mean, I, mean, I, I understand. See that. I understand he's probably taxed less in Alberta than he would be in a lot of states, but you know. I would still, yeah. I don't know. I like you make thirteen million dollars a year. I don't know if I'd really give that much of a shit about that. At the end of the day, I, and again, I don't know how much he likes being the face. He's he's like the biggest face of hockey in Canada, right? Other maybe Austin Matthews, but like he go if he goes to Anaheim, he's he's dealing with you know Mike Trout. You got the NFL. Yeah, I don't know if he gives a shit about that. I don't know if he cares about the sponsorship money, but I'm assuming it's more lucrative. Canada. It'd obviously be more lucrative in Toronto than it is in Edmonton. Does he really do Edmonton, much for sponsorships, though? Really? Like, like what does he really Well, he get? was with CIBC there for a bit, you know. He's Rogers. He's that he, big like, Rogers contract. I almost feel like now that ESPN and TNT have the rights and not that, like, we've seen a sizable difference, I genuinely think that if he went to LA, like, you'd be more likely to see him on fucking Jimmy Fallon than, than he's ever going to be now. That's my thought. Like, if he's playing for the Anaheim Ducks, like, it's, fucking it's, Ryan it's Getzlaff's Gretzky been 2. on 0. Jimmy Fallon. You know? It's, it's Gretzky 2.0. Go down to California and change your life. Yeah. You know, you could, you could make the same arguments you could make uh, about McDavid, about Gretzky 30 years ago. And it still happened, and it was still probably the best thing to happen to the, the sport from a you know, growth and and financial aspect. I don't know how Gretzky handled it. He seemed to do fine, you know, but um, 
this idea that he, he wouldn't want to leave Canada, I, I really have a hard time buying into that. Just, you know, for... You look at the, the precedent set before him in, in Crosby and, and you know, the guys that came before Crosby. Like, it just it's never really been an aspect. You know, think of the guys that have gone to one place and one place only their whole career. It's not a very long list. It happens. But usually you're in those situations and you want to stick around because you've had success. Because there are reasons to stay from a, you know, performative stand standpoint. Uh, the guys that bounce around a lot probably do so because they're trying to win because they, they aren't happy where, where yeah, they and, are. And that's the thing. Like, you work your entire life to get there. And he's been obsessed with this game his entire life to get here. But what is it that he actually wants out of his career? Is it to make the most money? Is it to be famous? Is it to win a Stanley Cup? Is it to have a nice balance of the three? Like, like what ex- exactly is it that motivates Connor McDavid? And to me, it seems like he wants to win. You know, like I realize that's a ridiculous conversation, but there are guys playing in the NHL that kind of just want to be famous or just want to make money and do something that they're good at. And, and that's it, you know, but I think Connor McDavid cares more about winning than anything else. You know, you, you could make the argument, why didn't he make? Why didn't he take six million dollars? Well, you know, someone's offering you twelve million dollars a year to play hockey. You're going to take it. So he makes yeah, what he makes because he's earned what he. Well, he makes what he makes because he's earned what he makes. And if he wants to win a Stanley Cup, I think he needs to get the fuck out of there because I don't think it's ever going to happen in Edmonton at this point. So yeah, but I would look, go. Look how long it look how long it took Ovechkin. True, but I I never well, he, doubted that situation because they were trying to win. They were doing things to win. They just couldn't piece it together. This team's not doing anything to win. I mean, they, they the think they are, but they're not. Years. What's that? Yeah, but they so have. I mean, they they have more. Series. They have more playoff series wins than the Leafs last five years. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. Also, at, at one he, fucking big deal. That's yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he could go somewhere, and that doesn't guarantee success. No. You know, so is he going to ask? No, but, but if, if he, and the whole argument you know. here has always been if he's surrounded by other other NHL players, like he he plays with guys who again shouldn't be in the fucking league, and that's the case yeah. with this team every year. Their their core might get a little better as the years have gone on, but like, you know, their number one defenseman's Darnell Nurse. Like, I don't. <laughs> That's fine. Like you don't need an amazing number one defenseman, but then you need forward depth to make up for that. Well, they don't have that. Well, then you need a really good goaltender. Well, I got news for you. Like it, it's just this roster is completely flawed. It continues to get worse, and time is ticking away. I don't. I, I like. I'm just saying. If it's me, uh, don't don't. I won't go to Arizona, Ottawa, Buffalo, or Calgary, just because that isn't going to look good. Other than that, get me the fuck out of here. I I per I disagree. I think there's very few teams he would go to. I think there's very few teams he would ask for a trade to get out for. You know, if his contract, you know, if a few years and he's in his last year's contract and he wants to test free agency, well, I think maybe those that you know that there's more teams he would go to. I don't think he's asking out of Edmonton to go to Anaheim. I don't. I I just I think he. You know he's pro- he's been told his whole life like he's you know he's been the he's been the hockey he's been like the main person in every step of his way, and I I'm sure like there I don't know I'm sure there's part of him that would like to stay at Edmonton the whole time. Obviously he they wants to win, 
But is he going to go to fucking Dallas? I don't know. He's going to go to Dallas. And then is he going to be happy in Dallas where he's going to go another place? I don't know if he wants to bounce around. I don't know. He probably sees Crosby, Ovechkin, Stamkos. And obviously all those, all those guys were surrounded with better players. But still Ovechkin took 14 years or whatever it was. And Yeah, but that's the thing is like, like Washington, even if they weren't good in the, in the playoffs, they were good in the regular season. Like I understand yeah. that Edmonton I know, has, a has won a playoff sure. series, but they won a playoff series. You want to you want to mention the Leafs? Like they won a playoff series, like the Leafs won in 2013, where they shouldn't have really won that series, and they rightfully lost in the second round to a much better team. And that's their playoff taste, and that's fine. Like whatever, but yeah. they're not even close. Some years, like like they're not even really knocking on the door. Where it's like, well, next year, you know what though. They come back with that same group. Let me tell you, like they end every year with this catastrophic scorched earth look on their face where it's like, holy fuck, what just happened? And they're shell shocked and yeah. it, it's getting worse. They're getting old. Like dry is going to be 27 in the fall, which is not ancient, but he wouldn't be the first fucking player to fall off the face of the earth at 27, 28. I'm just saying yeah. they're, they're really running out of time here for, you know, to go into every year and be like, well, at least they have McDavid and Drysdale. Yeah, but they do until they don't. I mean, again, and I think I think those two are probably really good friends. And are they going to want to be separated? I hope so. I, I hope they're good friends. You know, I I, I don't think Drysdale is going to want to leave McDavid. Uh, you know, and I don't think it's going to be the other way around either. So hmm. I don't know. McDavid I, I think can fly out to Long Island and visit. Well, Dry the good Siddles news is go golfing every year. Yeah. I mean, something has to change. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it can continue. But I mean, you got a few more years of McDavid under contracts. You know, if they. I mean, if they miss the playoffs this year, I would fire absolutely everyone. And if I was McDavid, I would be pushing my agent to fucking drop those hints. You know, because what Holland did this year was inexcusable, inexcusable. But I don't fucking McDavid's excited to have Vander Kane, so I don't know what McDavid's thinking. You know, like. I mean, maybe that's just an indicative of the situation. That's how bad it is that McDavid is fucking excited to have Evander Kane there. That's you know, scary. Evander Kane, Evander Kane also doesn't stop the fucking puck. So, well, like, and even just while we're still on the subject too of like what is fundamentally wrong with them from a hockey standpoint, like I, there there are times where I think Koskinen's taken the blame or Smith or whoever. Yeah, maybe when they shouldn't have too. Like, even though I, I recognize that they're bad, like, like there was that night Dave, Dave Tippett comes out and says, well, our goaltender wasn't very good. And they lost 4-1. They lost 4-1. One. So whoever, what's your, what, who, you need a goalie that's going to help you win one nothing every night? Like, is that the fucking plan? So I, like, I, I hated that when he said that. I thought that was bullshit. But what I will recognize, though, is that when your goaltender is struggling, it makes the team play tighter. It makes the team oh, yeah. make mistakes because oh, yeah. they know, like, if they give up a two-on-one, it's going in the net and all that shit. I recognize that if your goaltender is not playing well, it's going to fuck up the flow of the team in front of them. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? It, it's a it's a bit of both, and I, I, I don't know. I think the blame's everywhere. It's just I understand that maybe a good goaltender sort of pieces together some of their issues, probably more than any other issue with the roster. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think goaltending is the biggest because, I mean, they have, you know, Evan Bouchard's kind of taking a step and Phil Broberg should be here soon. So, I mean, their defense should be getting better. 
Offensively, they should have, you know, Dylan Holloway. Holloway is a good young guy. He should be hopefully up this season. But that goaltending, I mean, the Cody, Cody Cece, like Cody Cece is, is not terrible, but they had to sign Cody Cece because Adam Larson left. And for whatever reason, Adam Larson did not want to stay in Edmonton. So I, I get what you're saying about people wanting Got to get Edmonton. Getting was good. You know, but and I don't know whether they that completely caught them off guard and they scrambled to get Cody Cece or whatever. But Cody Cece's under till 25 for fucking 3.25 or some shit like that. And it's, I don't know. John, you brought up a great point, though. Uh, Evander Kane joining the Edmonton Oilers on a one year deal to finish the season. Um, League minimum salary, got a bit of a signing bonus in there for performance stuff. But and a no move uh, clause. The real problem is the sure. So if he's a complete fucking shit disturber, they can't move him. Yeah, well, we found out that that wasn't the case with the San Jose Sharks because they like, just got rid of him anyway. Why so, would you give him a no move clause? Who's going to take him in the first place? Where are you going to trade him? Yeah, but doesn't the no move? You can't even wave him, can you? Uh, you can't send him down to the minors. Yeah. So you can wave him and terminate the contract, apparently. And he might end up getting a good chunk of his shark salary. So they need—I don't know, but yeah. whatever. Regardless, John, that's a top—that's a top five pick uh, joining uh, the likes of Drysdale and McDavid back there. So, you know, um, win at all costs uh, is the message, so to speak, coming from Connor McDavid. Um, look, it's—it's it's one of those things where we all know that the guy was going to get another shot. He was going to end up somewhere. It's Edmonton, which is newsworthy for, for many reasons, most of all being the fact that, as I mentioned, we keep talking about this team and the, the fundamental problems that they, they seem to have. And this is just another Band-Aid on the the wound, and it's it's not fixing the problem. Because the the contract is signed mid-season, it's going to cost them 2.1 against the cap. That takes away a big chunk of money that you could use moving forward to bring in other assets, like a goaltender. Um, So, from a a hockey standpoint, let's put aside everything off ice for two seconds here. On ice, strictly, does Evander Kane help the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, they need they need secondary scoring. So I guess in that sense, yeah. And it'd be even better if they could play him without McDavid. Um, you know what? He almost scored thirty last year, didn't he? Or he was on pace or something like that. So he can twenty-two he can goals play. last year. Yeah, he can still play, but it you can't. I don't know. You can't really talk about it on ice or the off ice, and that's you know. Hopefully everything goes fine, but we'll see. Bruce, I mean, does, does this help the the on ice product? It might. Um, yeah. It might. It, 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 it's it's another... Uh, I mean, I hate to keep making the same fucking argument about this team. This is another uh, easy thing to do to maybe fix a situation from a hockey standpoint, but it is very classic Edmonton where this also may uh, throw a lot of gasoline on the fire to run, uh, run some guys out of town and... Uh, you know, make this situation get really, really fucking bad really quick. Like if uh, he comes in and and McDavid and Kane have any issues, 
like like this is a ugly situation that that really could fall apart quick um so there's there's a lot of risk here i think like I, i think this is uh this isn't your classic well you know let's see if he can play let's see if he can get his career on the right track like this could potentially dismantle the fucking team, I think, too, though. So, um, I, I don't know. Uh, from a strictly hockey standpoint, obviously, Vander Kane's a good hockey player. It's worth a shot. I mean, you know, I, I, I think the way Ken Holland sees it is uh, he pretty much needs a Hail Mary at this point, I think, to save his job. And short of, of firing a coach, uh, this is this is the next option. You're going to go out and do that, and hopefully it helps, and I don't think it will, but uh, they're trying, I guess. I'll give them that. I, I think the goaltending should have been worked out before they did this. If, yeah. if he is really trying to get a goaltender, I think that money should have been used for a goalie first. And if you have money for Vander Kane left after that, sure, great, but it's, I don't know. It, that that room can turn toxic very quickly. Yeah, I mean, if it has know, the sharks, already. Yeah, like that's kind know, of my thought. I don't know, and and who knows? You know, you hope he's on his best behavior, but if he goes and breaks more protocols, COVID protocols or whatever, and he's suspended, and then it's just you're gonna have every player in that room thinking, "What a waste of time," or "What a waste of money," and hopefully, it all goes John, well. John, you talk about fixing the the goaltending before you bring in a guy like this. Um, just real quick, my my curiosity peaked. What do you, what do you do with the guys you have? Um, because you're, you're you're not trading Stuart Skinner. No, right? uh, no, no, no. You, you you probably can't convince any of the fifteen teams that Koskinen is going to accept a trade to to take on that contract. And then you're left with left with Mike Smith, who's got another year after this one at two point two as a forty year old goaltender. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if I mean next year, if if they get another goalie, Stuart Skinner is not waiver exempt anymore. So they got to get rid of Mike Smith. I don't know. Um, it would be nice for them to fucking trade Koskin into the Blackhawks and say, pay us back for that Keith debacle. That might not happen, but Whoa. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's teams out there yeah. where you can give a pick. To, well, you you to can't take Koskin. You can't charge a customer uh, less than, uh, then market value for a product and then call them up a couple days later and be like, Hey, can I have more money, please? And unfortunately it doesn't really work like that either. Like you're I thinking mean, though. Yeah. I mean, the Islanders would the Islanders take that salary for the rest of the season for a, like Costco is done after this year. His contract's done. So, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're trading him to a you, non, have, like, he, he would have to have the Islanders on that. No trade list though. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Huh. If I'm Miko Koskin, <laughs> I'm putting every fucking team that uh, can't afford me on my on my list. Well, I mean, yeah, you you would think that, but Miko Koskin is probably having a terrible time right now. The media is on his back. He, you know, he might just want to get the hell out, just for his his own Maybe. sanity, yeah. his own sanity, right? Like, if he has to go to New York for two months or whatever it ends up being, I don't know that. If it were me, I, I wouldn't really care if. If if my life was being consumed by you know media tell, telling me it's my fault and my coach telling me it's my fault and um I don't know or maybe I don't maybe he likes being there and that's where his shit is that is that's where his shit, shit is shit. yes, yes yeah. that is where his shit is um all right I think we've spent maybe enough time on the Edmonton Oilers that's 
five weeks in a row now that we've had to talk about the, those guys. So, from uh, from one burning pile of shit to another, uh, the Arizona Coyotes are expected to start play in the uh, Arizona State University facility next season, which sounds fantastic on paper. Um, except it says here that the capacity is five thousand, which a is embarrassing and b they wouldn't fill anyway. So, what could go wrong? Well, I saw some people make that, but they're averaging about eleven thousand this year. Oh, know? that's so, because they they give away ten thousand. Well, that's I know. If I'm an NHL player, I'm curious what that does to this whole paying back. Um, the COVID debt and stuff like that, right? Because I think the the cap is supposed to rise in the next uh, year or two or whatever. So if they, I mean, if they go to that rink and they're only they're maxing out at five grand, what does that do to revenue and how long it takes the players to pay back? I don't know. Like that is, I mean, if it's their only option, it's their only option. It'd be a it'd be a cozy atmosphere, that's for sure. Um, I I mean, the NHL seems dead set on keeping them there. Who knows why? I don't know why. Um, there's well, a brand new rink in Quebec City. Here's how there's little money pro- this really equates to, if you want. I just did the math. Uh, so if they're averaging 11,000 people at the game, so you, you lose 6,000 people there in a 5,000-person arena. Uh, so if you, if you multiply 6,000 by, uh, let's say, uh, $12 a ticket, Six thousand times twelve, you get seventy-two thousand dollars times forty-one. Uh, it's three million dollars in ticket sales, uh, you know, give or take. So, uh, well, I don't know if they can afford to lose that either. Though is the other thing. It's not a lot of money in the grand scheme, but it's a lot of money maybe for the Coyotes, for the team that can't pay their bills on yeah, time. It's, it's yeah. tough. I mean, like if, if you're ESPN, what are you thinking? Like you just paid all this money and now you have one of the teams playing in a minor league rank, right? Like it's just embarrassing. It's Uh, embarrassing for the league. They wish it was a minor league rink, John. They're playing in a, uh, in a university rink. Um, I don't know. We should, we should say that this isn't done. This isn't confirmed. It's one of the options on the table. I, I personally, when I first saw it, my first thought was that it, they're just using this as a ploy to go back to Glendale for a few seasons. They're thinking that if Glendale sees that they have an option, Glendale will, Glendale will let them play there, you know, despite all the issues, because I mean, Glendale, they, Glendale must make some money off the coyotes being there. Right. Um, <laughs> Only if the bills are paid on time. Yeah. Well, you, that, yeah. I mean, you sounded very yeah. sure of yourself in that, right? Well, like I mean, money, there's right? a whole area around the rink that I'm sure makes money on game nights and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I, I, I don't know how you like, can play wh- five thousand C rank. Has has a NHL team ever had a situation where its minor league team is playing in a larger seated venue yeah, than yeah. they are? I don't know why they don't go to Tucson. Yeah, I don't yeah. get that. Like close to nine thousand, you can you can fit in in the minor league uh, where where they have their uh, AHL team in Tucson. Like the mind boggles, and I I for one. I'm I'm past that point of of hating the Coyotes and and wanting to move, and I'm just I'm here for the ride. Let's go, let's get crazy. What's the next chapter? I I want to like if I, let's 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 play our games in Mexico City. Fuck it, let's let let's do it. Welcome to Tijuana. Monday night. 
Noche de Hockey. I'm Chris Berman here at ESPN. Join us after the first uh, period where we're going to have uh, cockfights live at Center Ice. You know, like, how, how bad can it get? I really want to know. I really want to see how bad this gets before Gary Bettman will do the thing that he did so quickly to so many other teams <clears throat> north of the border um, and and relocate them to, yeah, another, to city. another city. But he, he, I mean, he said the same thing with Atlanta. He said pretty much right up until the few days before that there was no way Atlanta was moving in. Well, the problem with Atlanta, like, that, that's a fantastic point, John. Uh, they were actively looking to sell. Like, those owners were, hey, this team is on the market. Come make us an offer. And Arizona's uh, owner, the the fucking the pizza guy there, I can't remember his name. Uh, he, he's he's content. He's happy. He he enjoys owning the team by all counts. So you finally have a consistent to somewhat owner, and he doesn't want to move them by all accounts. So They're owned by a pizza guy. I don't know how much say Gary Bittman has in the matter. Yeah, but think of all the money everyone is going to lose over the next three or four years if they have to play there. Like the Absolutely. owner, the NHL, the players probably. You know, it's it. Like the board of governors should come in and effectively suspend the franchise. Is how I see fit. Like well, I yeah. don't think I don't think Bettman can come in and say you have to move. I I don't think that he can do that, but I think the board of governors can suspend the team from the season i i would imagine they could it's genuinely frightening how possible that is because of like all everything everything all considered like they don't have a team for next year like like i don't know how many people are actually aware of that that listen to this podcast they have 18 people signed for next year that's not their nhl team that's the entire organization. They have 18 hockey players ready to go for next year. And they're talking about trading a few of them. Lot, lot of, lot like of if you only have it. fucking 15, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, They'll fit them under the cap for sure. Yeah. Well, like, I, I think you're forgetting uh, Bruce. Uh, uh, Austin Matthews is set to sign there in 2024. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll all work out. Yeah. yeah I mean, if I, were the Leafs, if I were the Leafs, I would make sure that team moves before 2024. That's for sure. Yeah. Would much. you, though? Would you? <laughs> Are they a factor at this point? Hey, Austin, come play at the uh, University yeah, of Arizona. Yeah, but you guys say that players don't like to move because their shit is somewhere. You know where also... Oh, I don't is? say that. Their I don't agree with that at all. Their hometown. Their, their yeah. hometown has some of their shit there too, right? So, John, I don't need my, my peewee trophies down the hall anymore. I, I'm ready to have so, a home. Here's the obvious <laughs> thing. is If he goes somewhere where they don't have a home, Austin Matthews can play 82 road games a year. And because right. of how Perfect. good he is on the road, there it is. Really, like it really couldn't lose doing that. So I understand. It's, actually, it's not how good he is on the road; it's how bad he is in Toronto. That's why he wants <laughs> out, right? Yeah, that's right. Let's go, John. What's the answer? Uh, Brutes and I have talked about this a few times with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, is there a market that that you think is is an immediate fix? Do they stick it out? Are they really going to play at a university facility or? What's the end game here? I mean, there, there's three possibilities. They stay in Arizona, either at that college rink or they go back to Glendale. They go to Houston or they go to Quebec. I don't think the NHL is moving them to somewhere in the United States other than Houston. The Houston would make the most sense geographically and all that. 
Um, although I think there might be some issue with the rink, like the NBA owner owns the rink and, you know, I don't know if he'd get along with the, the owner of the coyotes. Um, I, I just don't know how you play in a 5,000 seat rink. Like, you know, when, Winnipeg, when I saw Winnipeg gets flack for having a 15,000 seat rink because of, you know, lack of, you know, sweet revenue and all that kind of thing. Um, I don't know how they'll let the coyotes do it for four years. When I, when I saw the, when, you know, Seattle came in and they, and they realigned the divisions and it was Arizona moving to the central. The first thing I said was, Oh, they're moving to Houston. Like, like hands down, they're moving to Houston. That, that makes geographical sense. It makes economic sense. Uh, you set up an instant rivalry with the Dallas stars being in Houston, right? It, it's what the fourth largest market in all of the U S Gary Bettman loves his markets. Um, Every indication said that they were going to move to Houston. The owner wanted a team in Houston. They had an arena ready to go in Houston. Granted, not a great one, but it was there. Um, the fact that they haven't moved yet in in the years since they announced the plan with Seattle, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, what's his name there? The Bill Daly. Uh, he he claims that everything's on the table and we're going to explore every option to keep them in Arizona and if we got to spend a few years in the 5,000 seat arena then we will and it's like you know all, all I know is the 5,000 seat ring does not provide cost certainty you know that's Gary Bettman's big buzzword or whatever oh and, go escrow yourself yeah, John yeah go escrow yourself I mean uh, I don't know I don't know like like that that is like could we fit 5000 people in the gardens probably not but the fact <laughs> no. that we could come in the fact we could come within 1000 of an NHL team yeah. is bonkers oh yeah, yeah we think, think in an now mr hobbs think yeah. of them playing at uh, at the SR center it's basically what yeah. it is really yeah yeah, yeah. the St. Marie Coyote is on their way to join their hey. dog brethren, the Greyhounds. I got to tell you, it wouldn't take much uh, much more than that for me to do a couple roadies to Sault Ste. Marie throughout the year. Got to tell you, love that town. Good pasta. Good pasta. I don't know. I don't Good know pasta, if the Coyotes are pasta. making money, but like if they're barely scraping by now, wait for four years at a 5,000 seat rank. Like, yeah. And, and, and then, and then you've got, you've got the Quebec city factor, which they, they come in in 2016 with the proposal for an expansion next to Vegas, and they go with Vegas. And it's like, okay, whatever, that, that makes sense. You know, Vegas is, is good. But uh, you guys have 31 teams now, don't you want 32? And um, with Seattle puts in, and, and, and they get right away. And, and Quebec City has always seemed like that, uh, you know how, you know, back in high school, you had that, that one... That one person that you're just like, ah, I'm never going to hang out with them. But I know if I need beers on a Friday night, they're going to help me out. His name was usually John Chozik. But, like, you know, I, I know that they're reliable. They're, they're a great guy. They're fantastic. They're ready to go. But I just don't want to commit. And, John, I'm, I'm ready to commit to you. But I don't think the NHL is ready to commit to the, the Quebec market, even though... It's sitting there ready. They know it's ready. They have all the aspects that you would want out of an NHL market, except that sex appeal. 
for lack of a better term. I, I don't think financially it's as great as a lot of people think. Like, if you think TV-wise, like, you're probably not gaining much more TV audience, right? Because most people in Quebec probably already watch hockey, whether it be the Habs or whatever. Um, you know, it's a smaller town. I don't know if the corporate revenue is there. I don't know if they could get the, the you know, the revenue they want. And, and they just signed a big deal with ESPN. So now you're taking away one of the ESPN's kind of, yeah, I'm not not to say take it away from Arizona, but like in, if if they were to go to Houston, that would be much better for ESPN than if they went to Quebec, right? Sure. Um, but at the same time, the Rogers deal is you know it's creeping up, and um, but I I don't know if coming to Canada is is that financially beneficial as, as much as that might be for Houston, right? Yeah. Um, I think if Quebec's going to get a team, it'll probably be expansion. I don't know that they want to take an American team away. And I don't know if they plan to expand. I don't know that. I mean, 32 teams, that seems like a decent I've, I've number. always seen Quebec as the, the safety net, right? Like, oh, yeah. we got to move Phoenix tomorrow. We have to move Florida tomorrow. We have to move whoever tomorrow. We yeah. know we always, always the bridesmaid, right? Type thing. Right. That's what they've been. Yeah. So if, if, if Houston isn't ready to go tomorrow, I could see an avenue there. But again, I go back to the owner with the, the, the issue with the owner and the reluctance to move out of the Arizona yeah. market. But I, um, I, yeah, I think that reluctance just shows how much they want to be in the States. They'd rather play in a 5,000 state rank and keep that TV audience or try to get that TV audience. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I'd love to see another team in Canada. You know, it'd be nice to have eight and 24. Um, we could have our own, I don't know, whatever, but it's, you can, you can debate it all you want. I obviously Batman wants to stay in the in the states. Uh, Brutes, give me give me a uh, pie chart breakdown percentage wise. Uh, the Coyotes franchise next season: Arizona, Houston, Quebec City. I'll I'll go ninety two percent Arizona. I'll go five percent Houston and three percent Quebec City. I like the, I like the three percent. That's that's nice. That's no, it's 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 better than like. Going ninety percent Arizona, nine percent Houston, and one percent Quebec City, or zero percent. Uh, three, three is interesting. Ninety-two, five, and three. I like it. Um, you guys, you guys have heard of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Have you guys heard of the Vancouver Smart Nucks? Uh, because they made a couple of oh. smart oh. hires. Oof. They brought aboard uh, Rachel Dory, who I think we're all uh, a pretty big fan of. Yeah. Uh, they brought on uh, um, Emily uh, Castonier, uh, player agent in the NHL as uh, assistant general manager. And they brought on Patrick Alvin, former Pens assistant general manager, and the second, just the second, European-born general manager in the NHL gentlemen at your leisure, your thoughts of the Vancouver smart Nucks rebranding. Ooh, well, don't love the rebrand. Do love the hires for sure. Um, I, uh, I would like to congratulate Tim McAuliffe's doppelganger as being named the, uh, the GM. That's, that's pretty cool to see a guy that looks exactly like Tim running the team. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like to hire. I mean, I don't know a ton about Alvin, but uh, it's one of those things where uh, everything I read after the fact, like I, I, I like it 
in so far as it's a guy who has a ton of experience but doesn't have any experience you know like like he's been working in a hockey front office uh has learned you know like from some some decent general managers anyway i don't know about great ones but but people that are deemed to be smart in the hockey community uh like like here's what i see is he's worked under guys who i don't particularly consider to be great general managers uh but had decent teams and i would have to think that maybe he had a greater hand in that than than possibly we knew about at the time you know it's one of those things where um like everyone talks about the hurricanes and don waddell's the gm but like uh, most of their decisions are made by Eric Tulski. Just, you know, Don Waddell makes most of the calls kind of thing. You know, I I sort of wonder if that was sort of the situation in uh, in Vancouver. Um, how right am I on that one? I don't know, because I'm in the vast minority that is not a Jim Rutherford fan. So I, I maybe I'm wrong on that one. But um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm excited by that hire. Uh, Emily Castongay is someone who's... Uh, uh, again, been around the game for a long time. She's basically been working for this job for uh, for a lot of years. So uh, I like that hire too. It's it's obviously unique. She's the first female assistant GM in NHL history. Uh, so we like that. Um, but yeah, she seems quite smart by all accounts. It was nice to hear her speak the other day uh, after she was hired. And uh, yeah, I'm a massive Rachel Dory fan. So there's, um, you know, that, that was... Uh, that was when I knew things were on the right track was when I saw her and then uh, the other couple names popped up as the week went on. It, uh, you know, it all sort of made sense. John, is it is it envious uh, as an Edmonton Oilers fan watching another Western Canadian franchise make such smart moves? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just them firing their GM made me kind of envious, you know, like I mean, Jim Benning. <laughs> what a world, eh? You can do Jim- that? Jim Benning did some damage there, and I think Ken Holland is doing some damage here. I don't know. I think more teams will obviously be following in their footsteps when they look at who to hire and um, their their hiring pool. I don't know much about uh, Emily or Rachel. You know, I've I listen to a couple of Rachel's podcasts, read her a little bit, and it's just I I hope they do well. I'm not a Canucks fan. I don't hate the Canucks, so always good to have Canadian teams doing well, and they have not been doing well, so. Hopefully, hopefully the smart knucks or whatever you're calling them now. Um, hopefully they move in the right direction. We've we've had this conversation on the podcast, Brutes and I, before. Um, what happens first, the the female head coach in the NHL or the female general manager in the NHL? And in the past couple of weeks, we've seen both the first woman behind an NHL bench, as well as the first female AGM hired. Um, it's a tight race. It's it's ramping up, and uh, I'm I for one am very excited to see the the outcome as as we get more women involved in 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 the league. W- what do you think is the more likely outcome of the two? I would I would I would say it's probably the first female GM. I, I'm not sure that it's close. Um, you know, I don't think like are there any? I don't think there's any female. Are there any female coaches on any AHL staffs or anything like that? I don't think there are. Um, so I just think I just think the coaching side of it's a little bit farther behind than the executive side of it. I don't know. Hopefully it happens soon. Maybe it's maybe Emily goes on to be the first. I don't know. Hopefully things go well and that's not the case there, but um, or maybe she gets a job somewhere else. But I don't know. I, th- I think the Canucks, like a lot of other teams, are kind of learning that 
they're they're expanding their hiring pool and they're they're finding a lot of smart capable candidates you know if if as an nhl team you're only looking at at men you're missing out on a lot of great um hockey you know minds and and just you know a lot of great minds in general so i don't know i i would assume it's the the gm that would come first if i had to make a guess right now well and you know like i I think you um put it well you know like we we've got um emily castonier running essentially an ahl team as an agm you know that's one of the responsibilities there so um no ahl women coaches uh it's 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 probably not as tight a race as i like to think it is but uh, you know what i took a female head coach i'm gonna stick with it and and hopefully i got a dark horse dark dark horse coming out of somewhere uh to take take the reins brutes Emily, former, uh, well, not former, but, you know, a player agent. Uh, she represents uh, Alexis Lafreniere, Cedric Paquette, Antoine Roussel, uh, Marie-Philippe Paulin. Um, is, is is this just payback for the uh, Roussel deal? <laughs> ah, I see there. Yeah. Yeah, she's made a lot of money off that organization, I guess, now. Eh? Yeah, um... Well, I mean, you know what? Like, I, I think the most interesting thing I saw on uh, on Twitter this week about all this stuff was the the argument that, um, you know, I mean, like, uh, like I don't know who specifically. I don't, re- I didn't really see many negative opinions about any of these hires. But you, you obviously got your idiots that say, "Well, women, you know, shouldn't work front offices, all that <laughs> sort of bullshit." And uh, you know, someone who made a really, really good point about it was uh, made an argument about how you could actually argue that the smartest hire in the sport right now are women and people of color because they are the least picked over pool of talent. You know, how, how all we've done for years is hire white guys that used to play in the league and never hire women. You never hire people from not North America. You never hire all these sort of... Um, you know, non-traditional um, hires. Well, now when you go out though, and you're and you're interviewing women, and you're interviewing people from you know different countries, different uh, backgrounds, you're more likely to find better candidates because these are not people that have been hired for these jobs, right? It, it goes in everything, but I mean, specifically in the NHL because it's been so prevalent. Like the, these, to me, speak as great hires because they're coming from. Uh, groups of people that aren't necessarily even interviewed for these positions in the first place. And uh, for me, that that was sort of the biggest takeaway with, with all this, was uh, just kind of knowing that, you know, these are some of the most recognized people in the field from, you know, maybe groups that weren't getting interviewed before. I've never heard Patrick Alvin's name being interviewed for a job before, ever. I've never heard his name till, uh, till this week. So, um, that's a good thing is more what I'm getting at. You know, it's not the same. Well, they interviewed John Ferguson Jr. and uh, Dave Nonis and uh, fucking Jimmy Rutherford and Brian Burke for this job. And I'm like, oh, great. That's awesome. Should be fun. I, I, I you know, like there, there is something to be said for experience. I, I, I don't think that you should dismiss those candidates uh, strictly because, you know, they've done a bad job in the past. But I 100% no. am, am of the mind that you open up the 
the pool to everyone. And you don't just hire those four guys. Well, and, right. Like, like the whole or, argument sorry, that like, you don't people, people make the argument that you're just hiring women because, you know, like now you have to hire women. Well, you, first off, you always had to hire women. But secondly, um, you know, like the whole bullshit about how uh, you're just making this higher because and it's like well no in reality like if you actually just interviewed everyone you'd hire everyone but they've only ever interviewed certain people for the jobs so now right, right. you're more likely to get a find a diamond in the rough where it's not really the rough but it's somewhere you've never really been looking to go for diamonds before uh, diamonds diamonds in the rough perhaps. diamonds are yes. forever forever Kanye. Um, yeah, uh, big big fan of of what's going down in Vancouver. Uh, looking forward to uh, many more uh, hires such as this, and uh, I, I think it's good for the game. I think it's only going to help uh, grow the sports. There, there's really no downside here because uh, even if they crash and burn, it's the Vancouver Canucks. And they're probably gonna suck anyway. So, you know, the the, the team that is. Um, we'll see what happens, gentlemen. Henrik Lundqvist jersey retirement tonight in New York, number thirty going to the Rafters, the eleventh Ranger. I want to say in team history to uh, get such an honor. John, again, we started off with a, with a goalie perspective. We're, we're going to wrap up here with a goalie perspective. Jo- uh, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, greatest goaltender of the last blank years. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he definitely that that generation or whatever you want to call it. He was he, he's up there for sure. Um, it's too bad they had to have the ceremony against the Wild because they're probably going to lose. Um, but you know, other, otherwise, no, the Wild are winning. Otherwise, oh. very. Very well deserved. I mean, he never won a cup, but again, he's the guy that stayed there his whole career. I know he signed with the Capitals, but never played with them. Um, Did you see what he said today? Uh, yeah, he uh, some I, I forget the quote, but something about his heart. Right? It was kind of yeah. Kinda he, he made reference to oh yeah, oh, they asked like oh yeah, because he never actually played for the Capitals, eh? and he's like oh yeah, heart didn't want to. Heart, yeah, oh, my heart was... wasn't in it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. heart said nice. no. Uh, that's a good one. That's yeah. That's pretty good. I th- yeah. think I think New York was a perfect place for him to play his career. I think he he did well there. Again, it's too bad they never won the cup, and I think they only went to the cup final once, or did they? Mm-hmm. They went to the cup final, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. it's too bad he never got got all the way, but great career regardless. And I mean, they got a Shosturkin isn't a bad replacement for him. So the Rangers have been Rangers fans have been lucky, but. Well, yeah, they went from what uh, Mike Richter to <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Shosturkin. So, uh, unlike the Oilers, uh, Rangers fans have nothing to complain about uh, when it comes to uh, protecting the net, so to speak. Uh, Brutes, I know uh, Lundqvist uh, has a special place uh, for you. You've been a big fan of him ever since I've known you. Um, what does what does his career leave? Uh, moving forward in in the grand scheme of of the the world of goaltending, as we see it, um, well, yeah, I mean he he's he helped change the position. I think like he's you know one of the first uh, uh, absolutely phenomenal 
butterfly goalies of the cap era, right? Like he he's in, in my eyes the second best goalie to ever play the game, honestly. Um, so I I think he's contributed a lot. You know, I mean, uh, it's funny too. Like I remember there was a time where maybe you would consider Finland and Sweden being unreal at uh, producing goaltenders, and it's like, well. Sweden actually hasn't really produced that many like really good goaltenders though. Like it's going to mention that, yeah. It, it's Lundqvist yeah. and Lenner, and it really drops off after that for the most part. So it's kind of funny. Like I think we just maybe thought that way because while well, they had Lundqvist for so long, um, you know, it's always been the same guy <laughs> that they've had. Well, like, um, and, and even to that end, like who comes to mind as a, a, a Swedish goaltender pre Henrik Lundqvist? Tommy Salo. Yeah, that would be the guy. The, uh, the Belarus goal. Well. You know. Yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, like... like I, I think you got to go about all the way back to Pelle Lindbergh to find, like, an actual superstar NHL Swedish goaltender. Well, I mean, Markstrom. I'm now. Yeah, right? but, but but that's what I was going to say, right, is is Lundqvist, I guess, ran. Pretty Lundqvist. So, ran, Lundqvist, could, Lundqvist ran, so that way Markstrom... Uh, could could walk slash run depending on the year. Uh, so Wallstedt and uh, Alnafelt can run in the future. Like it, it's it's one of those things where I think he revolutionized the way that they were probably approaching young goaltenders in in the country. Um, and you know, hopefully helps produce more goaltenders in the future for them. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, I, I love I love Lundqvist. There's, there's no question about that. As uh, as Leafs fans, you're not Michael Telquist and Jonas Gustafsson fans. Well, Swedish, Swedish. I will goalie. not stand for any Jonas Gustafsson slander. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm impartial to Telquist for sure. I'm a big Telquist guy for sure. I I hate Jonas. Um, Eight. How dare wow. you? That's the monster. Yeah. That's wow. the monster. I, 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 I won a local hockey trivia tournament because I could identify Michael Telkvist's Arizona Coyotes mask um, and no one else could because of all the Swedes on it. On it. Um, so I, I have a soft spot for Mikhail. Uh, Jonas came in with a lot of promise and I got uh, none of it. So it didn't work out too well for me. But as a fan, that is. Also taking place tonight, Sergei Zubov and the number 56 going to the rafters in Dallas. First things first. First first things first. First things first. Dallas Stars come out for the uh, the pregames wearing Sergei Zubov jerseys from that, that cup era. Right? Late 90s, you know what I'm talking about? They got the little star pattern at the bottom. Army green, the black, the gold. Yeah. How has that not been brought back at this point? We had to go through the college football era, the Mooterist era, now the lime green era. <laughs> Can we go back to the standard Army era? That was the best jersey in Dallas uh, Stars franchise history. Well, first off, I won't yeah. stand for any Mooterist slander. Uh, but secondly... Um... Yeah, no, that's that's the best jersey they've ever had. The the way I sort of see that is, uh, I'm I mean it's it's positive thinking on this one. I kind of hope it's just like why we didn't really see like you know 
the Coyotes mentioned the Kachina jersey for a lot of years, it's like, well, I think they're probably just eventually just going to bring that back. And, um, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I think the the Ducks may be doing it like soft, where eventually the, the Duck is just going to be back on the jersey. I think it's kind of how they're doing it. Like, now they have a full-ass third jersey with the Duck logo on it. Like, I, I, I eventually they'll bring those back, I think. Uh, you got the Sabres who haven't worn that black jersey for years, and now that's going to be their full-time jersey next year. Like, that's crazy. Uh, Wait, what? So, yeah, they're bringing that's back the black. Alt- alternate. Alternate. Yeah. I, I read that it, they're just going back to those. But regardless, mm-hmm. like, they're going to wear them. Uh, and then the the Stars maybe will do that with these jerseys. But those are unquestionably their best jerseys, for sure. So hopefully they bring them back. Today was the first time I ever heard them referred to as the motorist jerseys. So I'm but you knew exactly really? which one, right? <laughs> yeah. You knew exactly which one we were talking about, the fucking wow. motorist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You never All heard right. that one. Eh? Welcome, I like that. Welcome oh. aboard, Johnny Boy. Yeah. Uh, um, real quick, gentlemen, uh, you can bring back one and one only previous jersey format today. What is it? Uh, Brutes, go ahead. Jersey format? What do you mean? Uh, like, like what we're just talking about? Like the the the, the late nineties, uh, early two thousand Dallas Stars. Okay. Oh, like we just were now to rebrand a team's jerseys, more or less. Yeah, the, we the bring Coyotes back an brought old. back the Kachina, so they're off the board. You know, like mm. if you can do one and one only, what is it? Oh, probably the Capitals blue with the eagle. Really, John? Yeah. Because it, it's always kind of re- always kind of remind me of the Thundercats jerseys, you know. Look, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I I don't love those jerseys. I hate what they're wearing right now. The they are garbage yeah. jerseys. Like the the fucking word mark with the the hockey stick being the L. Really awful. I love awful, that. I love awful, those cap blue jerseys with the black and the gold and the white. Where they've got the the hawk as the yeah. the away, and they've oh, got the man. Capitol building as the home. That Capitol building home jersey. Fantastic logo, huh? Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. Uh, my answer is uh, unquestionably the uh, the LA Kings uh, bring back the purple and yellow home and away jerseys, please. Thank you. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, myself, I ooh, I'm, I'm I'm torn between two because I assumed one of you would take one of the ones I was torn between. Um, give me, you know what? I, I hate the logo more than anything in the sport. Uh, give me, uh, uh mid nineties ducks. Give me the mighty yeah. ducks logo back. I like the penguins scheme. too. The black penguins with the, I like yeah. those, the Mew. Yeah. yeah. There are like a lot of good penguin. Jerseys. Yeah. A lot of good jerseys from that time period for sure. The robot penguin. Eh? I, I think yeah. my runner up was the, uh, was the, um, senators from like the uh from like the early 2000s mid 2000s the black with the almost like the kachina design as the stripe on the bottom of it uh those were sick though those were cool better than what they're wearing now i would say um, yeah 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 give me uh give me uh the black hockey skate logo for the canucks again uh, yeah that um, i thought about that yeah. too yeah. I thought about that. Really yeah, the fishing. Islanders fisherman jersey. I also sure. also yeah. agree with that too. The fish yeah. sticks should come back. 
even even the jersey, like like the the, the layout with the color scheme. Even if you want to cl- uh, like slap the modern logo on that, as opposed to the dude with the stick, fucking sure. I think that color scheme is is very unique and and really resonates uh, uh, from a, from a hockey standpoint, as opposed to the you know blue and orange. No, I like lightning. The, creepy, the lightning ones too. Fuck. I like the creepy like guy the in the bolts. in the middle of the storm. You know, you know what that logo right. always reminded me of is you're watching Long a horror Silver. movie. And some guy like with a like a fisherman walks out of the fucking woods. I know, or something. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, day. like yeah. I get a very I know what you did last summer. Scream, uh, pet yeah. cemetery vibe from that fucking guy. You know, uh, Sergey Zubov. Going back to it real quick. Second, second all time scoring uh, Russian defenseman in the NHL. Uh, number fifty six going to the Raptors in Dallas. Uh, long overdue. Uh, this is a guy that I fully believe should be in the Hall of Fame. Where does he stand on that era's defenseman rankings all time, Bruce? Well, I've, I've said this before. Like the thing with Zubov is he—he he in my eyes, I'm trying to think if there's anyone modern where like maybe I would give this title to now retroactively, but I for Sergey Zubov to me is the best defenseman in the history of the power play. Um, you know, like he's, he would be my number one option as a power play quarterback. Uh, if I had to design like my all time team, quite honestly, uh, he, he's just so smooth. He's so fast. Um, you know, he, he was incredible. Like just, just the definition of silky smooth, like, uh, he, he was great, but it's tough though. Right. Like he, you know, he's not known as the best sort of defensive defenseman. He's like a guy that, if analytics were around back then, probably would have been considered the best defenseman or one of them of his era. But without the analytics, you know, everyone just kind of said, well, he's okay defensively. He's really good offensively. And they kind of left it at that. I don't know. It's hard to compare him to Niedermeyer and Lidstrom from an all-around game perspective. But he played in the golden era of defensemen and is certainly in the top, like, six of the guys. So, um that's, I guess, my my sort of outlook on on Zubov. Yeah, I don't have much to say on Sergey Zubov. I think he Hall of Fame defenseman for sure. Deserved to have his number retired. I, you know, he was a he was a really good player. I didn't watch a ton of him, you know, growing up or whatever. But you know, um, Olympics and stuff like that. It was you watched him. and He was a good defenseman. Well deserved. Very electric guy back there for sure. Yeah. Um, offensive threat every time. Like uh, kind of the dead puck eras, Eric Carlson, you might say. Yeah. That's, that's always that's kind not of a the bad guy comparison. That I, I, I came back to. I, uh, I also have to share this Jack Hahn tweet. I don't know if you guys saw this or for those of you who aren't familiar with Jack Hahn, he's a guy uh, uh, well known for um, his analytics work. Uh, and it's on a public forum. He doesn't work for anyone anymore uh, specifically, but he used to be the video coach for the Toronto Marlies. Uh, Jack Hahn, who's well in the know, tweeted out, the greatest Zubov story I've ever heard is after each game in Dallas, he had a six-pack of Budweiser and a pack of Marlboro waiting for him. He had a shower beer and a dart before his media availability after every game. Big fan for sure, yeah. Uh, glad to see that jersey go to the rafters in Dallas. Um 
And and you know what this 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 kind of brings to light a a, a running theme that we've had over the last uh, two episodes. Uh, you've you've got uh, Lundqvist and Zubov tonight. Last week, Brutes. You know we were talking about Chris Pronger, Willie O'Ree going up to the rafters uh, in St. Louis and in, in Boston. So, gentlemen, I've got a game for you. We're going head to head, Brutes versus John. We're playing the. Uh, the uh, I, I didn't name it. It's just the number game. Uh, I'm gonna give each of you. I'm, I'm gonna give you a, a franchise, and you have to name a player that has had their jersey retired by said team. If you get it right, I give you a point. If you can tell me what number they wore that was uh, raised to the Raptors, I'll give you a bonus point. And uh, we're gonna play first to first to twelve. First to twelve, okay. That's that's where we're gonna set that. Yeah, if 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 we were running short on time, that might be a, a first to five. But we we got some time here. We're gonna have some fun. All right. Uh, John, you're today's guest. You you are um, joining us out of the the freedom of your own time. I'm gonna give you. Can a, I kick uh, it? Can I kick? You can kick. You, sure, you can kick. Right, yeah, kick. You're gonna kick. All right. Let's go. Josh Allen could never. Um, so can I run the table and then he doesn't get a chance to respond? Or well, so I... what's going to happen is I'm going to give you brutes NFL overtime or yeah. brutes. All I'm going to do is gonna, I'm going to give you a franchise, and you have to just simply tell me a single player okay. that has had their jersey retired by that team. I can and we're possibly go until we have a winner. Does that make sense? Sure, let's do it. All right. Brutes, uh, the first team up is the Boston Bruins. Oh, sure it is. I'm I'm going to imagine. Uh, see, I'm not looking at the rafters for these teams all that often, James. I don't really know for sure, but I would have to imagine that they have retired number four, Bobby Orr. That's good for two points. Thank you. On I almost the, said Cam Neely, possession. but I wasn't 100% sure that right. he was number eight. <laughs> so I was like, uh... Let's maybe not do that. Or that it's retired. Yeah, no. That's, yeah, that's well, I, it's got to be. He's been the president of hockey ops for thirty years there. So, John, you're up next. Uh, the team that you have is the St. Louis Blues. Ooh. Ooh. See, I have a player in mind, but I forget his number. If you have been paying attention, James, uh, I think gave you a player and number a minute ago for this team, which is crazy. Yeah. For the Blues? A minute ago. But he's yeah. asleep at the wheel here. Or if you would have listened to last week's podcast, even. Ooh. Ooh. I, I did not listen to last Ooh. week's podcast. Just, just last week. Um, you finally missed one, eh? Wow. Uh, Talking out. It's a podcast. They can't see you. I'm just trying to think of the, the people you've just named, if you gave me the clue. Oh, um, okay. Who's the guy you got in mind? Um, I'm thinking Kachuk. Okay. Okay, Keith Kachuk. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Kachuk number seven. All right. All right. So, John, I've got bad news for you. Oh, oh no. Keith Kachuk's number seven is honored in St. Louis. Oh. He's not retired because there's like twelve guys that wore seven in St. Louis, and it gotcha. is, is not in fact retired. All right. Who was the hint you gave me? We'll see if it plays out later because okay. uh, you know it's, it's we'll, we'll find out. Uh, Brutes, uh, you, you get the Yo. Washington Capitals. 
I gotta name you someone whose jersey's been retired by the Washington Capitals. Oh, I see. What the fuck? They have retired numbers. <laughs> hmm. See, they should retire Bondra's number, but I don't think they have because I haven't seen him since he retired from the NHL. I don't think he's been. I don't. I don't. I don't know where he is. Uh, quite honestly, I don't know if he's still watches hockey or anything like that. Um, hmm. How many of the, uh, the the Ovechkin era capitals are going to have their number retired? Number eight is going up, obviously. Do you, think, do you think Backstrom gets his number retired? They'll probably retire eight and 19, but I think that'll be it. That'll be it. No 74 for Carlson? Well, they might. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far with Carlson, but they might. No 70 for Holtby with the save, wow. as Doc Emmerich called it. Yeah, we're getting a little getting a little crazy here, I think. But um I I'm gonna say that they've retired Rod Langway's number, but I don't know what number he was. I don't think. Like if I if I had to guess, uh can I guess and still not lose a point or sure. I'll I'll, I'll allow that. Oh man. I don't know. I feel like other people have worn this number, though, so maybe it's not right. I'm going to say, like, 22, I feel like, with Rod Langway. Okay. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Um, Rod Langway is correct. He wore number five. Nailed it. So, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, it is uh, three to nothing for Mr. Uh, Taglia. John, uh, your team is the Chicago Blackhawks. Can you tell me a player that has had his number retired by the Chicago Blackhawks? I think they've had a few. Um, they are actually, a fun fact, they are the least of the original six teams to have retired numbers. I'll go with, what number is he? I'll go with Esposito, 30. You get Tony Esposito correct, but he wore 35. All if right. you would check the photo behind you. You might have known that, but um, remember there, Jim. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh boy! I was just kind of hoping it was on like the the description plaque below his his name or something like that. Uh, Brutes, you're up. Your team is the New Jersey Devils. Ooh, the New Jersey Hockey Devils, eh? Um, I'm fairly confident that they have retired number three in honor of Ken Danico. Let's take a look. That sounds pretty convincing. I like how Ken Danico was the defenseman you chose from the New Jersey Devils. Well, because every uh, time I watch a correct. Devils game, I get to listen to his um, very pleasant voice. I don't know if you've ever heard Ken Danico talk. Uh, maybe maybe the worst voice I've ever heard uh, to be on like TV or radio. But he rocks. He's a lot of fun. So. Uh, but yeah, that that's when I think of old devils, he's now the name that comes to mind because I I see him on TV all the time. Well, the good news is you nailed it. Uh, he, he is, in fact, retired in New Jersey. John, you're up next. I got good news for you, John. I got real good news for you. You're getting the team with more retired numbers than any other 
So you should have an easy time with this one. John, tell me a Leaf that has had his jersey number retired by the team. They got the most? They do. They sure do. That's embarrassing. Um, Most players, not most numbers. Uh, That's a fun asterisk because I'm not a Leafs fan. I'm not a Leafs fan, as you know, but I'm assuming. See, I know his number. I'm assuming it's retired. Rangers tied the game with one second left. Let's go. Uh, Clark, number 17. I would assume that's retired. Wendell Clark, number 17. That is correct. Johnny boy. And it's no five goal. to three for Mr. Bataglia. Uh, speaking of Mr. Bataglia, uh, your, your team, oof, uh, you got the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. <laughs> uh, what numbers will we see hanging from the Arizona State University campus yeah. uh, facility next season? How many rafters or how many <laughs> banners are they going to have to move? Yeah. Is the roof so low there that the banners will hang down to ice level? It won't interfere with the camera angles, I'm told, because the camera angles will be actually from the bench level. level. Yeah. But uh, it'll be close. It'll be the fisheye cam that you have at, like, Thunder Bay arenas. It just (laughs) doesn't move. You just see the whole ice. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm going to roll the dice on this one a little bit here because I know it will be retired. Well, no, like you know what? Let's just take a safe one here. I'm going to say uh, Thomas Steen. Okay. I don't remember his number right offhand. So you're going to just punt with Thomas Steen? Yeah. That is correct for one point. Uh, he wore number 25 with the Winnipeg Jets. Before oh, Stasny. Yeah, there it is. To yeah. Arizona. Uh, John. Your team goal. is the Anaheim Ducks. That's a goal. What what number player? What player or number? Uh, what what player and or number can you come up with for the Anaheim Ducks? I would assume nine for Korea. I would imagine that's been done. Korea number nine is correct. It's a one point game, gentlemen. Wow, one point game, uh, Brutes. You're up next. You've got the Carolina Hurricanes. They have retired numbers. Um, hmm. They sure do. They're the reason escrow is so high. They can't afford banners. Yeah, what the hell are you talking right. about? Yeah. They're retired any numbers. Let's go. Oh, I had one. Now I forget it. I'll go uh, number 17 for Rod Brandemore. That is correct. The bottom of five numbers retired by the Hurricanes franchise. Rod Brindamore, number 17. John, you're down by three, but you've got the Florida Panthers. Can you give me a player that has had their number retired by the Florida Panthers? Can I can I ask how many numbers they have retired? Is that asking too much? No, I, I I'm happy to tell you that they've only have one player retired in the history of the Florida Panthers. Right, really? John. Tough draw. <laughs> the the only the the only one I could I could think of is Luongo, but I don't even know if they would have retired it because how he didn't even if there's only one, would it be him? Well John, why don't you give me a player name and a number and, and see Yeah, it's good. Luongo number one. I don't know. That would be correct. 
Roberto okay. Luongo, the only Florida Panther with his number retired. Um, Bill Torrey had 93 retired uh, because he brought the team to Florida back in the day. It is still a one-point game as we turn to Mr. Bataglia mm-hmm. for the Buffalo Sabres. I will go 39 for Dominic Hasek. That is correct for two points, taking you to 10 and two away from the win. Number 39, Dominic Hasek. John, you get the Los Angeles Kings. I think they have a lot of players. I just don't know numbers. Um, did, I, I think the obvious one, did they, they retire Gretzky, 99? You're going can, Gretzky, 99? Can you be – can? I'm guessing players can have their number retired more than once. Yeah, go Gretzky, 99. That is correct. For two points, they are the only other team besides the Oilers to retire Gretzky's number from a team perspective. Fuck okay. that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Brutes, you're up next with the New York Rangers. What a cop out. Well, he played there too. <laughs> Technically, it's retired. Um, uh, New York Hockey Rangers, eh? They gotta, they have to have retired 11 for mess, right? 11 for mess. Mark Messier, to be clear. That is correct. I mean, they nice. ju- we just talked about number 30. How is that fair? Ah, uh, true. That's yeah, true. That... I, and you know what's funny, too, about <laughs> that? My, my other we guess was... talked about it. I was debating between that or Richter, because we mentioned Richter earlier. I didn't really yeah. think of Lundquist, but yeah, fair I should, enough. I should, I should have received and not kicked. Yeah. Yeah, you stupid fuck. <laughs> yeah, you John, got Rod John uh, you, you have lost. You have lost with, with Bruce getting to 12. Um, let's have some fun. Your last team would have been the Tempe Lightning. Can you can you tell me a Tempe Lightning? Perhaps there's two of them. St. Louis twenty six. You got it. Nice. There you go. You can go to bed tonight, sleeping, feeling like you know what? Thank I'm God. lost by one. Yeah. So good for you. Perfect. All right. Um, all right. Well, before we get to an overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite tonight i did have something else i wanted to talk about uh with both you and it's uh just escaped my 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 mind for the moment so Um, stay with me as i pull it up the way you made your tone sound uh it made it sound like you're about to ask us to like invest in this new company uh and if we invite two of our closest friends then we get like a bonus package or some shit right yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you guys if you want to take a trip to Ottawa real quick, if you had uh, you know, time to hop in the truck and see if we could. Uh, got to no, um, tell you, it might be the only place I don't want to go right now. Wow, so. crazy. Yeah. All right. I can tell you this much. Connor McDavid probably doesn't want to go there either. Um, all right. No, uh, before we get to the overrated and least favorite, I want to just talk Real briefly about Keith Yandel breaking uh, the all-time Ironman streak record set by Doug Jarvis at 964 games. Keith Yandel, like what a what a weird record to have lasted so long. 
in the grand scheme of things, truly. Uh, when you when you talk about guys that have just suited up and gone out there night after night um, with all the advancement in health and safety and protocol and, and rules. And that COVID. To play. <laughs> What's that? And COVID. And sure. And, you know, <laughs> honestly, though, COVID, a, a big factor for sure. Um, the fact that that record has persisted for as long as it has. Uh, John, I don't expect you to know much about Doug Jarvis, Not but a- Keith Yandel breaking the record. What what does that say about the the guy himself and and the climate of the current NHL? I mean, it it's obviously very impressive. I don't want to take anything away from Keith Yandel, um, but, but you know, there was that you know last year he almost got healthy scratched, and you know his teammates stuck up for him, and um, you know this year he's on a not so great team. You know, you, you whatever nine hundred what what's the number nine. 56, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, a, that's an impressive number in a sport like hockey where you're taking a beating most nights. And um, there's, I don't know why it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been as like a bigger deal. Like it kind of, you know, like hockey podcasts and stuff are talking about it, but like it, it hasn't got the attention that, you know, like Cal Ripken got or whatever, but. Or or, or even Patrick Marlowe passing Gordy Howe. Yeah, like it's. The, to play that many games in a row is it's impressive. It's to not get hurt, to not get scratched, to not you know now miss get with COVID. COVID. Yeah, you know it is impressive. So you know, good for him. I don't know, you know, I don't know if they have enough games left for him to get to a thousand this year. That'd be kind of cool, or if he can get there. But uh, you know, the rain or the the Flyers, you know, don't have that many great defensemen. So I'm sure he can play the rest of the season. But I don't. I know Phil Kessel is kind of hot on his tail, so we'll see if. Once Yandel kind of finishes his streak, if Kessel can catch up to it, and it would be hilarious. But um, yeah, good for Keith Yandel. Yeah, it, it will be curious to see if if Yandel can get to the thousand game mark. Obviously, this this season they've played forty three games, so you know there's only what what does that make it uh, forty you know, thirty nine games left to to play. Yeah. Um. So he's he's not going to be able to reach a thousand this year i don't i don't think i'm trying to pull him up my internet oh yeah 965 he played so he could reach a thousand could play a thousand okay well we'll have to see like i'm right there with you like i don't think the rangers necessarily have five defensemen that are better than him night in and night out at this point so he could get there phil castle definitely as you mentioned hot on his heels uh, I think he's 22 games back of Keithy Andrews' mark at this point. Brutes, you're a Leaf guy. I'm a Leaf guy. We remember Phil Kessel. Yeah. Uh, when he joins the team, he's got to miss the first couple of weeks due to an in- injury and never looks back as as it stands uh, in Arizona right now. If, if, if Phil Kessel becomes the Ironman record holder, on a scale of like, on a scale of like, uh, metro checkout lady, four o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, to <laughs> to Eddie Murphy on SNL, how hilarious would it be for Phil Kessel to be the Iron Man streak holder 
in in the in in hockey. Gilda Radner. So like a like a seven, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Pretty pretty funny. I I think. <laughs> It would be. I, I mean, the amazing thing with Phil is just, you know, the constant, uh, well, this guy's Hot out dogs. of shape. Uh, this guy, you know, this guy's uh, chubby. You guys get a load of this. He's fucking, uh, he's a little he's paunchy. Fat. He's got a little paunch and everyone's like, oh man, in the summer. Well, this guy sucks, you know, let's get him out of here. And I'm like, well, turns out he's going to almost single-handedly uh, win the Penguins back-to-back cups. Um, how's my breath not great he yeah. says oh man is he not just the best <laughs> like isn't isn't Phil Kessel just the best like oh man guy rocks but yeah no like that that would be pretty funny I mean honestly and here's the thing because you know you know Phil doesn't give a shit right like you you know he really couldn't care less about a record like this he, he doesn't care but, He's actually trying to get hurt so you can have a night. Well, the interesting thing about this is as someone who is undoubtedly going to get traded this year, do you scratch him to keep him healthy? Or do you just look at it and be like, well, he's not going to get fucking hurt anyway. We may as well just play him. You know, like, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a very, it's a very unique situation where, honestly, if I were the Coyotes, like, I want to get a good return for Phil. And Phil's playing pretty well still despite not putting up the goal totals anymore but um i don't want him to get hurt because because if i'm a team that wants to win a stanley cup i give up a decent amount to get phil castle still so um yeah it's it's an interesting situation i don't know i i'm i'm curious to see i'm sure he won't get scratched but i think that is a possibility that he maybe gets scratched and that's what breaks his streak honestly Speaking of Phil Kessel at deadline, John, uh, where do you think he ends up? Oh, um, Minnesota. Yeah, that. Yeah, I think it. I mean, they have their offense is fine. I don't know. Um, it's got. It have to be a team that would need that little extra scoring punch. I mean, I. I don't. Does he, I'm assuming he has some sort of trade protection. I don't know. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he just stays in Arizona. Oh, he will not stay in Arizona. Well, I mean, they—I'd be—they need cap. They need the cap, right? So, uh, if he's happy there, if he tells them, "Hey, I'm I'm fine playing here," um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't shock me if he ends up there. And they don't. Yeah, I don't know me. if they really need the cap. Like, I feel like they could just activate one of their seven. Uh, Roby Daw Island players from the LTIR and just not play them to yeah. get to the cap level if they yeah, had to. Yeah. I'm sure Marion Host is kicking around there still. Yeah. I don't know who would I don't even know who would a good a good fit would be, but I mean I'd like to see him play for a playoff team. It kind of sucks seeing him in Arizona, but he, well, he, he might be the thrill. Happy there. Uh I've I've got him going to one of two teams. Okay. And they are polar opposites of the country. I think he either ends up in the uh, the 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 Rangers system or the Los Angeles Kings system. Go oh, Kings, go! Bruce? Oh, I I feel like we talked about this before. I uh, I don't remember exactly what I said. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Rangers, Rangers be cool. Um, 
you know, I, I like, I, I mean, anywhere really like it, he, he's one of those perfect players. If you need uh offensive production, Hey, Phil Kessel is going to work for you. You know, Colorado might be nice, you know, Calgary flames, perhaps. Sure. They, yeah, they, they're looking pretty good lately. So, I mean, you know, gentlemen, the uh, winter Olympics kick off next week, one week today, we will be in uh, China uh, for the Olympics. Uh, we're going to do an overrated, underrated favorite favorite for non-hockey winter Olympic events. China. And because you're our uh, esteemed guest, John, would you be so kind as to start us with your overrated oh. non-hockey winter Olympic events? John, are you an Olympic guy? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> overrated. I mean, probably like a cross-country skiing, the regular one. I don't know. I couldn't watch it. I'm sure they worked very hard to get where they are. Um, but it's just not – I don't even know that it's overrated. It's probably properly rated. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know what's overrated. Um, maybe – I don't know, maybe like the luge or the skeleton, because it feels to me like those are just you know, like you're just sitting on a sled or something. I mean, I'm sure more work goes into it. I don't know. Um, oh, I mean, there's 15 events. I got to pick an overrated one. I don't know. <laughs> they all work hard one. to get there. I don't want to pick one. Sure, go luge. <laughs> all right. John's going luge. Uh, Brutes. <laughs> Overrated. Yeah, what's overrated, Brutes? Overrated. Oh, it, this is easy. This is the easiest one. This is the first one I put down. I should clarify um, when we when we do our overrated, underrated, favorite, least fair. Normally, it's something where um, you you have stuff where you do like and you don't like. I love the Winter Olympics. I uh, I don't know how much I'm gonna watch, but I love it. I I, I love every event. I'll watch it all. Um, but having said that. You know, I think it's cool they added uh, uh, snow snowboarding when they did years back, but I don't particularly find the snowboarding that interesting. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll watch it. I don't, uh, I don't woo and wow as much as I do with some of the other events, but it's you still impressive. I just, what's that? You sit there wooing and wowing like I woo and wow. Yeah, I'll believe. Oh, wow. I'll woo okay. and wow. Yeah, yeah. I. They uh, are, uh... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm going to change mine to snowboarding, too. That's a good one. Yeah, and it's the only event, I would say, where I have, like, access to said sport and just chose to never really do it. I don't know. I just yeah. never, I don't know. Now, now, snowboarding, a little overrated for me. Uh, I'm going ski jump. Okay. It's, it's just the same thing over and over again. You jump off the ramp. It's it's visually not the most how fun far one to watch you can... after. Yeah. It's it's visually not the most fun event to spend you know I mean? like an hour and a half watching. I understand that. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's just like oh, I'm in the air for a few seconds longer than they were. Great. Are you gonna die when you land? That that, that is literally if if you are watching the ski jump, you're not watching to see how far the guy gets. It's whether he lands safely and doesn't die. It's like watching NASCAR 
You're turning it right every corner. No one gives a shit. Are you going to survive the big wreck? That's all it is. Overrated. Big wreck. Good band. Great band. Albatross. Steve St. Jean. Yeah. Uh, John, you're underrated. Oh, I feel like this is an easy one. This was, uh, I'm going to go with biathlon um, because not only do they have to be good skiers, you're also giving them guns. Okay. And that is to be good at that. Which, they, if uh, some yeah. countries have taught us, shouldn't be giving guns to their Yeah, citizens. I mean, but. you're asking these people to, to ski, well, and then you're asking them to shoot. Uh, right. Very impressive. That is my underrated. Right. It's, it's like saying, what if we could take the, the best Norwegian and the best American and make one person out of the two yeah. of them? It'd be like, it'd be like having curling, throw the, have them throw the rocks, then fire a crossbow <laughs> or something. You know, like, it's right. Great. Right, yeah. Yeah. Biathlon for sure. Underrated. Good lord. I almost put that as my least favorite. Uh, Brutes, you're uh, underrated. Oh, yeah. Like if they, if they made Rose, Ro- Rose Lindstrom from Golden Girls, if uh, her brother <sighs> was a person, that's what they did. I like that. Um, my, my underrated's curling. Uh, I just don't think it's necessarily that appreciated outside of... Uh, out of outside of Canada or even within Canada, as much as it really should be, it's a very fun event to watch. I think the only problem with curling, and it's the same problem that I have with hockey, but I find the curling way more interesting, is like those are the two events where, when you watch them at the Olympics, it's like uh, it's like you're watching a, a show instead of a movie. You know, that's the one thing I like about the Olympics. You can turn on an event and be like, ah, oh, nice, someone's about to win a medal. But when it comes to curling, you got to commit to it. You know, you got to kind of see it through. And eventually by the end of it, someone's going to win a medal, you know? So like, that's, that's the only annoying thing, but I still think the actual sport uh, deserves more love than it gets. All right. My, my underrated is the skeleton. Uh, You're going to put one person on a piece of fiberglass and shoot them down a hill at uh, what is it? Like 200 kilometers an hour and expect them to survive. Uh, it's pretty fucked. The concept alone is ridiculous. I would love to meet the guy that thought of this as a sport in the first place. And uh, those that do it and don't die, uh, kudos to you. Uh, keep going. Well, maybe don't keep going. Maybe just retire and uh, count your blessings. I don't know. Pretty impressive. Mm. Okay, John, your favorite. Uh, it's curling. Uh, um, between the Scotties and the Briar, having Olympic curling to watch is just another nice little, uh, you know, week or whatever it takes to watch curling. Uh, you know, outside of hockey, in a normal year, I'd probably watch curling. The set, you know, curling would probably be my second choice of what to watch. So that's my favorite. Bruce, uh, my favorite. I couldn't pick. I picked two. It's uh, it's speed skating or skeleton. I, I love every version of speed skating. Uh, I love it. Just uh, liked it and then became a big Clara Hughes fan. And that just got me watching it a lot more. And uh, I was glued to every race she was involved in. And uh, since then, just sort of, you know, I, I, I follow it. Uh, when the Olympics come around, of course, I don't sit at home and watch speed skating and like 
2020 being like, ah, the 2022 right. Olympics is going to be great. I'm not that yeah. diehard, nor could I tell you anyone who competes in skeleton. Um, but I do think skeleton rocks. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I'm nervous the whole time, but I do, uh, I do enjoy it. Do they go feet first or head first in skeleton? Or do they? Oh, have that's choice? head first. Skeleton is head first. Do they have a choice? Like, is it no? Like... Skeleton is head oh. first. Luge is feet first. Oh, okay. I I see. I yes, see. sir. Uh, my favorite is curling. Uh, it is the only uh, Olympic uh, sport outside of hockey that I have actively woken up before 4 a.m. to watch live as it happens. So uh, give me a good curling match, and I will see you there. Absolutely. Looking forward to some 3 a.m. China curling. China. John, your least favorite. What, uh, what regular are you not going to watch this this, reg uh, this regular cross-country skiing because after I watch the one with the shooting, I don't want to watch the one without the shooting. Regular cross-country <laughs> skiing. The one without favorite. the shooting. I like to see them shoot the target, but yeah. not them shoot no target. Yeah. The only time I like guns is at the Olympics. That's right. True. Uh, my... Thanks. My least favorite is uh, figure skating just because I've just never gotten into it for an extended uh, period of time. Still enjoy watching it. Still impressive. Um, but I'm not generally all that glued to it unless, uh, unless uh, you know, there's a Canada, a Canadian doing really well, which there usually is, but that's the only reason I'm watching it, so... Yeah, like figure skating came across my mind for sure. It, that that's a tough one to hate on. I feel right. It's it's very important to the vast majority of Olympian watchers as a sport, but I myself just don't find it all that interesting. So it it it's tough to argue against. But I I went least favorite cross country skiing, much like John. Um, if I want to watch that shit, I will literally park at the edge of any Northern Ontario pathway and just wait. And eventually I will see that cross country skiing. So I'm mm. uh, not going to tune in. It's much like this speed walking event at the Summer Olympics, where it's like that's, I'm sure, very uh, demanding. And uh, yes, someone deserves a medal for that, I guess. But I'm I'm not going to watch it. Just just never going to watch it. So, no guns. No guns. That's 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 the that's the show. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, uh, I guess I'll do the outro then. Uh... John, thank you uh, for joining us. I guess James is no, gone. No, get oh. the hell out of here, John. Thanks for oh. thanks for having me. Okay. No. no uh, enjoy the uh, the Winter Olympics in China. China. Uh, you'll be watching from Canada, but yeah. uh, there's not. John, how's your COVID? By the way, we forgot to ask you every twenty minutes. I, it's about the same since we started. So <laughs> you guys, you guys Good. haven't helped. Mm. Oh, haven't well, helped. Have we heard? But we haven't heard. Yeah, there is that. The red corn variant. Uh, 
apparently does not get worse with listening to laced up so that's good that's great to know okay john we'll we'll see you soon how does that sound yeah thanks for having me well i hope so always survive your current you you are double possibly triple vaxxed so there's that at least yeah yeah okay john cheers let's say china China, 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 China. Promise I would never leave again.